This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. It's that time. Your fix is here. College football is a year-round discussion with these two. Here's J.C. and Morgan. Mike Morgan of ESPN and J.C. Sherbert of 24-7 Sports have you covered. Beginning right now. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another installment of JC and Morgan. Hope everybody is well, and I hope you've missed us as much as we've missed you. Sorry that we missed you last week. We'll make up for it. Uh, We'll we'll probably have a a double-week installment here pretty soon. We're guestless today, but we've got uh, a lot of uh, what I would call kind of pillars of college football guests warming up in the bullpen, uh, including Pete Thamel of ESPN, Ross Dellinger, who... I've never met or spoken to, uh, but I think does outstanding work. So I was excited when we finally hooked up, and he, like Thamel, this goes back to what we always say, college football is now a year-round sport. They are year-round guys and and still like chasing stories and on the road, so sometimes it's hard to track them down. But we will, don't you worry. Uh, And we'll also have uh, our buddy Tom Luganbill. We we go pretty guest-heavy. Ordinarily, this time of year, we're going to go guess less today and uh, get you up to speed. After the break, we'll have our uh, JC5 and uh, go through the top topics out there. And again, JC, there's a, a lot of things to discuss here in February. You know, it used to be this would have been like we'd still be analyzing National Signing Day, right? Like that was still such a huge deal and you'd still be breaking down and what kid was going to qualify and what's the latest rankings and did this kid go from a four to a five star? Now it's just, it's portal, and which I understand is kind of a quiet period for now, but not necessarily because if you lose a coach, which is what's happening left and right, just happened to Georgia with Coach McClendon, uh, well then all of a sudden that changes, that opens up the portal again. So you've got that going on. You've got a number of coaches just saying, I've had it. I don't want to deal with this nonsense and leaving for the NFL. It's a, it's a crazy time in college football. Good morning to you, sir. Hey, NFL and uh, uh, assistant coaching jobs uh, out there. 
Yep. So that's uh, it's day college, just in general, like a hey, I'll still be in the game, but I don't want to be the head. I don't be responsible for all this anymore. And so uh, there's been a number of those. So yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, look, man, there's been incremental changes throughout our lifetime with the sport, starting with the overtime. I remember the games used to end in ties. I'm old enough to remember that. Uh, Expansion in the early 90s, expansion 20 years later. There's been nothing like this. This is like a bomb has been set off, and it's it's a time of great – it was a time of great change, Michael. We'll look back on this. Oh, the, the mid 2020s were a time of great change in college football. And uh, it seems to be no end in sight. There's lawsuits all over the place. I mean, whoop de doo. There's not enough. The regular season, everybody brags on the regular season in college football. The college football offseason is like not unlike any other sport uh, these days. And uh, so glad to, sort of glad to have a front row seat for it and be able to have this platform to discuss it. Do you get the sense that until NIL and the portal are uh, under some type of uh, guardrail system with a little bit more structure or any type of structure at all, we essentially have none, uh, that this is going to be a growing trend, that we're going to see more and more head coaches decide to leave earlier than they would otherwise, assistant coaches decide to bolt for the NFL in some cases, head coaches bolting for the NFL. I mean, is this now becoming a pattern? Is this the new normal? I think so, uh, and I, I definitely think that because I don't see any end, and I don't see how they're going to fix NIL and the portal under this structure. I, I think you're going to have to have something. Uh, the guts of the sport are going to have to be replaced. Like, in other words, it, it's all, it's not going to be a college sport anymore. It, it's going to be maybe like a fundraiser that's adjacent and affiliated with a school that licenses the, and, and it's going to almost be an independent thing um, just based on things like title nine and, and, and things. If you're going to limit their ability to transfer, that means you're going to have to pay them and, 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 and just call it what it is, which is these are, these are jobs. And, and, and they have contracts and they have to fulfill their end and we have to fill in there that's collective bargaining. The NCAA is certainly not equipped to do that, which means it's going to have to be a quote unquote different governing body. Uh, and if they're in any governing body is going to get the pants suit off of them. Uh, if they try to enforce anything under the current, um, the current deal. Now we'll see what happens. This, this lawsuit with Tennessee and Virginia and the NCAA, this is kind of everything, Mike, because 97% of these cases uh, in the real world coming out in favor of the defendant, uh, which would be the NCAA in this case, these antitrust uh, cases. Uh, but if Tennessee and Virginia happen to win, then what they're suing for is the ability for NIL collectives, uh, no matter you're freezing up a little bit there, JC. Your, internet, your internet's freezing up a little bit there. Uh, yeah. Buddy. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm back now. You're back. Yes, sir. All right. So at any point, these guys can enter into like contract negotiations with collectives, high school, portal, no matter what. That's what they're suing for. That makes it even more of a free for all because then it's front and center. So there you go. Uh, so if Tennessee and Virginia win this lawsuit, that's that's more of a Pandora's box than anything. 
I didn't think of it that way. I, I mean, honestly, I didn't really think of anything in this lawsuit other than <laughs> Tennessee wants to avoid probation, and like this is just a way to to do it. Uh, as I've said on this show and others, I th- with all the talk about the Dartmouth case, the more significant one, the more significant thing happening to me is Greg Sankey and Tony Petiti joining forces. That is the, the two commissioners of, by far and away, the two most powerful conferences right now, uh, the SEC and the Big Ten. They can basically get together and say, enough of this crap. Thank you, NCAA, for your time and service. Go ahead and be the great event planner you are for the other 88 national championship sports. We will now run college football because you have let it run amok. Um, that's kind of the biggest thing I've had my eye on because clearly Congress can't, you know, get much. If you see what's going on in the country, you realize Congress can't do much of anything right now. Um, so that's that. The, Pinning your hopes on Congress to pass legislation to have some type of order in college athletics is is a long shot at best. So here are two pillars of the sport saying, no, 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 we, we're going to have to try. And, and Greg Sankey has said point blank, I don't have all the answers. Like, don't, don't think I'm just going to sit here and wave my magic wand and fix all this. There's a lot that goes to it. But I didn't think as much about that lawsuit, JC, but... Now you've really got me thinking, holy crap, i got to keep my eyes on what this actually means if it passes through. Um, that's very intriguing. That's, that's very intriguing. By the way, uh, um, one other thing to, to keep your eye on, this week could be significant. Uh, and I know we kind, of, we kind of hear these things almost with a, a wink and a nod. But you've got the NCAA playoff committee. I don't know if that's the exact term here. I'm trying to get the exact nomenclature they use. Uh, They call it the... Well, I don't have it. Uh, I'm, I'm reading the article, but I don't have the exact thing that they call... Anyway, you've got a bunch of guys in a room that are voting this week on adopting, and it sounds like this is all but done the five plus seven model for the college football playoff. That is five conference champions and seven wild cards. Now that was six and six, but of course we no longer have a Pac-12. By the way, <laughs> they told Kliofkoff, uh thank you, sir. <laughs> You've pretty much... You've pretty much taken a flamethrower to this conference. You you no longer are employed. Thank you for your service. I can only imagine, um, you know, what parting gifts he got. You know, maybe a a, a bag of dog feces. But now that now that there is no pack, you you went from six six to five seven, and that's still going to be debated because we we now have the power four. So obviously, you're going to have a uh, group conference, the group five, have an automatic qualifier every year. That's going to rub some people the wrong way. And then some people don't even believe, you know, there might be a year where the ACC, for example, doesn't have uh, a good enough champion. But even if they agree on this, I don't think it's going to be long term because in two years, you're going to hit the reset button anyway 
and as our buddy Tim Brando has said on the show, he believes that's when it goes from 12 to 16. So just something to keep an eye out for this yeah. week. And by the way, it's called yeah. the CFP Board of Managers. I didn't want to. The board wanna, of uh, managers. Does that, that, does that sound important to you, JC? The, the, the CFP of Board of Managers. I guess, should, does that fit on a business card? I don't know. It's called the CFP House of Lords. The House of Lords. Sir Sankey. <laughs> anyway. No, uh. It's, it's, it's interesting because, you know, that group of five thing is uh, – I'm like – I go back and forth. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to be of the opinion a group of five playoff would be great because there's so many really good programs on that level. And we've, we've got some JC5 stuff about smaller programs coming up as well. But I've always thought that would just be awesome. Uh, but then you got guys like Tim Brando who they are very adamant that those guys deserve a seat at the table. If you talk to Tim about it, he, he, he's been very adamant and clear. But then you'll talk to Josh Pate, and he's like, I don't know why these guys belong. <laughs> and so our, our, our resident experts here have such a split opinion on it that it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Yeah, uh, and again, it's not a slam dunk that the 5-7 model could go. There's still some that want to keep it 6-6 because that would allow more more of the, uh, the, you know, the so-called um, – I hate the term Cinderella. That's that's kind of almost disrespectful. Like if you win the Sun Belt and you go thirteen and zero, you're not necessarily a Cinderella. Teams out of the Sun Belt have been beating Power Five schools for years. That's that's not that much of an aberration. Um, I one one thought that came to mind when I heard this too is that it sounds to me that a factor. And going five seven as opposed to say four eight or just just take the top twelve teams period. The problem with that is you you lose the incentive of the conference championship games, I guess. But there is serious discussion that if you go ahead and don't include a group five champion in your playoff party, sorry, I ruined your Black Panther party. Um, sorry, little Forrest Gump there, Dimer. Um, if you don't do that, there's going to be litigation, and there's going to be antitrust litigation. And when you start throwing out a term like antitrust, that scares the hell out of people uh, from a litigious standpoint. That's a tough one to overcome. Do I think that's a legitimate argument? No, not really. I don't think antitrust was was built in mind for a college football playoff inclusion it was it was it was based on businesses and avoiding monopolies. That's not what the but you never know with a judge how that could be interpreted. So rather than have to deal with that, because that, that the group five schools always have that nuclear missile aimed at the power school, the power conferences. Like if you don't let us in, we we're not afraid to sue. Rather than have to deal with that, they might just say, "Look, go ahead, let them let one team in. How much harm is it going to do?" Well, here's the thing, too. I mean, that's easily solved because these teams don't want to go to the playoff. They're not sitting there like Cinderella and, and, and Alice in Wonderland and and, and Daffy Duck and, and whoever else uh, wishing upon a star that they're going to win the national championship. They're very – I mean, you have to be an idiot to think that, right? Mm-hmm. What they want is ding, 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 Mike, money. They yeah. want their part of the money. This is an easily solvable situation – if you really want to uh, buy the power five, you just say, all right, you're getting 20% right now. We're not only going to give you 20%. We're going to help you create a product with our buddies at ESPN or Fox or wherever to where you can cash in on a smaller scale 
on your group of five playoff because that's going to get ratings during that time of the year. You know, you just you kind of probably need to play a little earlier. You know, because once we get to January, I don't know if uh, I don't know if that'll fly because you got NFL playoffs and things like that. But it's just like you've always said about bowls, Mike. College football that time of year, the bowls get tremendous ratings, even if it's like the Weed Eater. Dot com mm-hmm. Florida Atlantic at six and six versus the mighty Ohio Bobcats at seven and five live from Boca Raton. You know, there people are going to watch it. Yep. And, 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 and I, I think, I think, I think the money is like, okay, you just, you continue to fund it, you know, and, and that, that, that's all they care about. You know, I, I don't think there's any sort of like competitive dreams out there for these guys. Now, you know, and they're going to point to things like, Oh, well, wait a minute. Tulane beat Southern Cal and, you know, remember Boise State and remember Houston uh, beating Florida State that year? And, and yeah, but those are bowls, and, and that's, a, that's a different sort of deal. But um, I, uh, I think that's, that's solvable, but it, it, that's probably not on anybody's radar. That's just kind of in my mind. Uh, and, and we'll see what happens uh, moving forward. But, yeah, I, I, it'll be 5-7. There'll be one group of five, maybe two. Technically, there could be two. If the ACC champion is – donkey you know let's let's say mm-hmm. that uh the number two team in that league it, it, there's a bunch of losses and they're eight and four eight and five uh and they happen to like upset clemson and and they're probably not top probably not ranked ahead if there's two undefeated like the mountain west and the Sun Belt champion are both undefeated that 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 pit team is probably not so you could and then that's when it'll change is when you have two of these guys invading the playoff because one of your conferences did not have the best champion. Uh, and then we're going to start that whole thing all over. Well, and on that very subject, you know, uh, again, headline today, ACC wants FSU's lawsuit filed in Florida put on hold. That thing is not going away. Lawyers for the Seminoles estimate the school would have to pay $527 million to withdraw from the league and regain control of its own media rights. Let me repeat that number because I know sometimes numbers just you hear so many of them. It's like, I don't know, what is the dollar worth anymore? We're just printing money, right? Lawyers for the Seminoles estimate the school would have to pay $527 million to withdraw from the league and regain control over its media rights. That's a contract that is scheduled to expire not next year, not the year after, but in 2036. They argued those fees are, quote, draconian, great word if you can find a way to insert it into a diatribe, and, quote, unreasonable restraints of trade in the state of Florida. Now, I'm not a lawyer, and I don't know what the hell any of that means, but I just go back to what I've said for years about this when people have said, oh, no, no, Mike, it's going to happen. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, they found a loophole. Oh, no, no, no. They talked to Bubba, the, the, the big shot attorney in Tallahassee, and he's got a way to get out of this. The people that wrote that contract are pretty smart. The people that wrote that contract knew that the potential of somebody wanting to get out of that contract was going to be there. Therefore, those same people that wrote that contract made sure it would hold up in a court of law. That's just my non-legalese. I'm just a broadcasting major. I don't know a damn thing about the law. But I do know the people that wrote that contract know plenty about the law. And they're not idiots. And so if Florida State and 
for that matter, Clemson and maybe Miami could have gotten out by now, they'd already be out. They wanted to get out of this thing years ago, and they're still in it in 2024. Do I think Florida State is going to get out one way or another? Yeah, but they're going to lose a lot of money when they do it. Here's the thing. It's 12 years from now, though, Mike. I, you know, 500 whatever million, that's not – if you divide that up over 12 seasons, <laughs> it's only $44 million a year. And I say, is that all? Yeah, it's $44 million a year. I think they're trying to get the dang thing down to about, about three hundred, right? And so that they can go to a new, go to a new conference and yeah, okay. It's going to be, it's going to be, we're going to have to maybe pinch some, but I'll, let me get, let you in a little secret. I know people that work there, Florida state already pinches pennies quite a bit. Yes. <laughs> um, just, just, that was, just the, to that, was, the, that was the knock from Jimbo Fisher. He was now, always complaining. Not, they weren't spending not, enough money on stuff. They're not big spenders down there. Right. So, uh, it, it, you know they got to, they're going to pitch some pennies and, and hope for the best and stuff. So, but there's two questions. Okay, so first of all, where are they going to go? Right, that what's the landing spot? Question. Do they have they have a landing spot that is not the Big Twelve? Because the numbers don't work out unless you're Big Ten or SEC. Mm-hmm. They just don't work out. It's a period. You know you're going to you're going to be in some trouble financially. You're not SMU. You know you can't uh, you can't fund the whole thing. So that's number two, unless private equity gets involved, which has been rumored. Um, number two is, you know, if, if they'll settle for that 500, because that's not, the contract is not, all right, you write us a check for 567 million and we'll let you go. The contract is we get your TV money for the rest of this contract. Mm-hmm. That's the contract. Right. That's not 500. That's not a set price. <laughs> right. So, so will the ACC even agree to something like that? I would think they would just because it gets kind of sloppy. Like, so your deals with, so they joined the Big Ten and they're getting paid by Fox, but Fox has to pay the ACC instead of Florida. I mean, it, it gets kind of weird that way. But, um, I, uh, you know, that, that's, that would be my two questions. Where are you going to go? Uh, and, and, you know, uh, are they going to really let you out for that estimate? And and I, I think what they're trying to do is get it down to a reasonable amount where if you divide it by 11, 12 years, it's kind of 20 percentage of what you're estimated to bring in in the new league. Mm-hmm. You'll, you get the new league on board and, uh, and, and then you're actually still making more money <laughs> at the end of the day. Right. Uh, if you're FSU, but that's, uh, it is getting kind of ugly, man. And, and the ACC obviously wants a venue change because the state of Florida is not going to look at them favorably, but the state of North Carolina will. I mean, the, the, all their talk, right, Mike? All the talk about the ACC. Oh, we're a national conference. We're not biased to North Carolina and their schools. They had to agree to move their, to move for, for the, the tax break or whatever to move their headquarters from Greensboro to Charlotte. Charlotte's a much better location for them, by the way. They had to agree to put like all of their championships for the next few years in the state of North Carolina. Like, like you look at the basketball tournament, it's going back and forth between Charlotte and Greensboro for the next eight years. Uh, the ch- football game is going to be in Charlotte for forever. The baseball tournament's going back and forth between Charlotte and Durham. I'm like, you just added SMU and two West Coast schools, and now everything is going to be in North Carolina. Or, I mean, and you're not this big North Carolina shill conference. Come on, man. Um, so obviously they want it back in North Carolina because people in that state probably see it a little bit different than people in Florida. And you're probably going to have a jury. 
So uh, just like a lot of things happening around the country these days, uh, venue of jury matters <laughs> as we're finding out. So uh, of course they don't want it in Tallahassee, Florida, because it's going to be impossible to pull a jury full of Gator fans. They're gonna, and even at that, they're probably not that willing to love up on the ACC and, and all that good stuff. It's a fascinating time in our country, Mike. Fascinating time. Uh, uh, I, I, the college football just doesn't disappoint. It's not just the on the field. Now it's the off the field soap drama. Uh, it, every year we've got something that is just like a bombshell. And, and I'll say this before we head to break. Like this is if Florida State and the ACC, you know, I like to personalize some of these things. They're a married couple that clearly not only is the flame gone, they truly hate each other. What was that old movie with Michael Douglas? The War of the Roses. Remember that? Michael Douglas and uh, Kathleen Turner. That These are two people that... really good one. Yeah, bro, yeah. yeah I pulled that one out of my you-know-what. Um, this is a married couple that it's not like, oh, you know, the, the passion's gone. This is a married couple that truly hates one another. It's a married couple that the mere sight, they, they cannot just see each other at the, at the breakfast table without bickering and going, you know what, I'm going to eat upstairs. If you want me, I'm in the garage. I'm going to go paint something just to get away from you. In addition to that, Florida State, they're sleeping in separate beds. They're not just sleeping in separate beds. They're sleeping in separate bedrooms. And this is a split floor plan. This is not where the beds are, bedrooms are like right next to each other. No, 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 no. This is a vast house, split bedrooms. So Florida State's on the far left of the house. Then you've got like the kitchen, maybe the great room. And then on the far right of the house is the ACC. And when Florida State goes to bed every night, They've got two posters on the wall. Remember when, like, girls all had, like, you know, Duran Duran posters and they'd fantasize about, if only Simon LeBaum would, would take me away. If you're over 40, you get that. If you're not, let me give you a younger analogy. This is uh, the, Florida State goes to bed every night, and they just look up as their, bed, their head hits the pillow, and there's a poster of Chris Hemsworth and Brad Pitt. And they just fantasize. Chris Hemsworth is the Big Ten, and Brad Pitt's the SEC. And they just fantasize about what it would be like to be taken away in their arms and just ride a horse on a, somewhere in the Caribbean together and then have a candlelight dinner. And then meanwhile, <laughs> and then meanwhile, the ACC, the conference is in the other bedroom. Honey, did, did you clean the garage? There's still paint out there. Honey, what? Did you go shopping around a paper towel? That's how bad it's gotten. That's how bad it's gotten. It is War of the Roses right now. I just thought of this as we got into this segment. We never know where we're going to go here at J.C. Morgan. I do know where we're going to go next. We're going to go to the J.C. 5. It is a Monday morning. For those of you joining us live, for the majority of you joining us, whenever you decide to, we welcome you back here on February the 19th. More J.C. and Morgan coming up on the other side eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, 
roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Chicken cock originated in Kentucky, like so many other bourbons. And so the resurrection of it, you know, Paris, Kentucky, that's the county seat of Bourbon County. So much of this whiskey was being made in that Bourbon County, put on ships and barges and shipped down Ohio, down the Mississippi, and got to New Orleans where it got distributed all over the world. And people kept saying, well, hey, I want some more of that whiskey from Bourbon County. And so that's how Bourbon Whiskey uh, got its name. And Chicken Cock originated actually in Paris, Kentucky, which is today Bourbon County. Listen up. This is for construction professionals, contractors, facility managers, or do-it-yourself homeowners. Cypro Rentals is ready to equip your upcoming project. We rent construction equipment for any size job. Boom and scissor lifts, telehandlers, skid steers, excavators, air compressors, generators, even small tools and equipment. SitePro has you covered. If you are ready for better equipment rental, call SitePro and rent from the local, friendly, easy-to-do-business-with equipment professionals. Call 972-RENT-NOW. That's 972-736-8669 to rent the newest equipment in the Atlanta market. Call 972-RENT-NOW or visit SiteProRentals.com. South Carolinians, this message is for you, as well as for people in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee. If you think you may need work done to your roof or a new roof altogether, there's one simple name to remember, Elite Roofing and Restoration. South Carolina native Jeremy Johnson has been helping people in the South make sure they have the very best people checking on and building new roofs for over 25 years. Fully licensed, bonded, and insured, they provide the best service possible. Call or email today, 678-781-1998. That's 678-781-1998, or you can go to Elite Roofing. GA.com. Schedule a no-hassle free inspection today. Wind damage, hail damage, or just wear and tear. Don't settle for second best. Let Jeremy Johnson and Elite Roofing and Restoration take care of it all for you today.
We are back. It is JC and Morgan. Hope everybody is doing well. JC Sherbert coming to you from Shown. Mike Morgan here in Atlanta, the mecca of college football. And we have got a lot of things uh, to get to today. <laughs> I'm getting re- reaction from a lot of people that like the uh, War of the Roses analogy. I guess I could oh, yeah. do that with like a more updated uh, movie, like Wolf of Wall Street. When you know, when Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio clearly had a wandering eye and wanted to, yeah, and that that got toxic. I like War well, of the Roses better. You like War of the? Okay, I'm just thinking of our yeah, younger audience. That kind of thing, yeah. The younger folks can. There's got to be go something. rent it. Yeah. Go stream yeah. it. For, it's like four ninety nine, right? You just go on a streaming service. Go watch War of the Roses. It's classic. Uh, Mike Douglas and Kathleen. Wasn't DeVito in there? Was Danny DeVito? Did he yes. play? Yeah, like he was the, the lawyer. The, yeah, yeah. Had, the thing was, he had a cigarette in a glass case, and he's like, this was my last cigarette. Uh, that I quit smoking. It was my last cigarette. I put it in a glass case. And then eventually he like went for it because of the couple. Because that was he was their divorce attorney. Uh, that was the, if I remember it correctly. So that one, yeah, that feels like it feels like this direct message, Devito and that one sig. So yeah, speaking of Mary, believe it or not, my my wife will not rent from like Amazon Prime, and I'm like, huh, why? Money. Well, did you rent from Blockbuster? Did you get in the car right. and go and go for the the, the butter pop, the microwave popcorn and the candy and the the Coke and you right. paid the the membership fee and the, the rewind fee, fee and the rewind yeah. fee. Yeah. Yeah, sure. I did. I was like, and how much was that average? When I was about $6 a movie. I was like, this is three ninety nine. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I go through that too as well. It's like funny. I have an insane cable bill. Um, you do. We don't have, we don't, yeah, we don't have enough time for me to voice enough displeasure for Comcast Xfinity. Um, it, I'm in a very abusive relationship with them and I just continue to be battered uh and and get horrible everything but but yet when it comes to paying for a movie on streaming sometimes i i i sit there and i weigh that too is it really worth the six bucks and of course it is it's six bucks like uh, you know yeah. why do i think we're just programmed to think it. like yeah, yeah of course uh, I, I mean I, it. yeah you know i mean I, she, yeah that's that's it's it's a hell of a lot cheaper than any other experience you're going to get when when trying to see a, a movie at like the theater or something like that i mean a, a small popcorn is going to cost you more than that at Yo, your average I, movie i theater. fired up equalizer one two and three the other day and paid for all of it that's 13 dollars. that's how much yeah. it would have cost me to go to the movies to see one right and then up, up here you have the movies where they serve you food kind of like the place down in atlanta that you're familiar oh yeah with. Love it. I mean, they all do it here. And so yeah, you yeah, got to yeah. go for the, the steak burger and the, the fries and, the, you know, and then Nat would want to drink, vodka drink. It's a, so you're $70 in if you go to the movies. Right. 12, I got six hours of Denzel Washington killing people in interesting ways. <laughs> Nobody beats that, dude. Nobody yeah. you can't top that amount of fun for six hours. Yeah. I mean, anyway, maybe change. I mean, for, change you know. for that matter, I, I mean, I'll, uh, for a couple of bucks, I'll go ahead and, and just binge on Sopranos or Entourage on like a, a, a HBO Max service. Uh, I had that at the hotel the other day for free, and I was like, God, why am I denying myself this? This is fantastic. Oh, dude, I've better than Max. anything on TV. I've had Max for a long time. It's nine ninety nine, dude. You need to get it. I need you, I, you, that, you I need would to get, get a lot of. You would get a lot out of that. I'm Mark. developing a strategy. We have somebody in chat row, Craig, saying, "Mike, YouTube TV." Um, I, 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 I need to find a way to get off. I'm like a junkie when it comes to bad cable service <laughs> for bad money. 
and I need to wean myself off that, acclimate more with YouTube, um, and and then also get Max. I, I, I just need to recalibrate everything. When things slow down for me, like in the summer, I am going to do that. I am going to really find my way out of this toxic relationship in a, in a better package, a better situation for my uh, viewing pleasure. Um, okay. There was something else I was going to get to, and I already lost my check because I was frustrated with the whole uh, situation with <laughs> my cable package. Anyway, it's time for the JC5. It's time for the top topics in the sport. We bring the JC5. Number one. All right, Mike, I'm going to throw you for a loop on this one because it has nothing to do with college football, but everything to do with the sport. Is Taylor Swift's relationship with Travis Kelsey good for the sport of football? And I have a point, but I'm just going to ask you and get what you get what you have to say, and then have my two cents. Well, I, I look at this. Uh, look, it was the highest rated game of all time. Okay, and there's never been more options on TV and cable and everything else. So yes, uh, I do. I care for Taylor Swift. No, do I hate Taylor Swift? No. Um, her total FaceTime was less than 60 seconds. I know some people are like, oh, another cutaway. Yes, I get it. It's like it is a little annoying, and it doesn't doesn't need to be there, but the, the executives know a thing or two. Her, her, No matter how, how much her music is bubblegum and this and that and the other, she is huge with teenagers, younger demographics, and younger females. And the NFL has made a concerted effort over the last 20 years to have more female viewership. And I can tell you, as someone who calls NFL games, like when I walk to an NFL stadium and I see all – and they do tailgate like college fans. That's a misnomer that NFL fans don't – they don't tailgate. They absolutely – go to a Buffalo Bills game. Go to a Kansas City Chiefs game. They're all about it, man. They, But what I see is a lot of women. A lot of women are all about football in the NFL – and guess what? If you can get teenage girls interested in your product, then they're eventually going to be 35-year-old women with disposable income that are watching that disposable product. So, yes, I, I, I think overall it's a win, and that's why you're seeing the NFL uh, all giddy over it, and that's why you're seeing CBS go out of its way to give you shots of Taylor Swift. I agree. I, I, look, man, as much as it may annoy the hardcore football people, uh, and I get it. I totally get it. it, it it's good for the long-term health of the sport because, you know, her demographic does skew younger, like probably like a early thirties ish to the teenagers. Um, there are a lot of guys that like her too. in that younger group, um, quite frankly, I think she's very talented. And, and, and I think that you have all those eyeballs on cause of Taylor. Oh my God. But you know what? There's a game. There was a game to watch. It was a hell of a game, yeah, and maybe the person that's maybe the handful of people out there that are watching it, they got excited about the actual game while waiting on Taylor, and and, and boom! Oh my God, I'm hooked on football. Now it's going to be a that's a lot of Chiefs fans out there, Mike. Unless Travis Kelsey gets traded, <laughs> that's a, there's a lot of Chiefs fans that just were 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 born uh, during all this. But I I think during a time where it, it it's been difficult for these crusaders to do it because that's what they are they're crusaders they don't like a lot of things that are quote-unquote masculine traditionally and stuff there, there's some crusaders in the media that hey are on a crusade they, they think football's bad they 
you know, oh, it's it's not healthy for you. It's you know, blah blah blah, CTE, uh, which I think is a legitimate issue. Um, what I, I I think that it's they've taken that and sort of blown it up because football makes them uncomfortable as far as who they are. Um, I think CTE is a different subject altogether than just do away with the sport. Um, I you know you look at it there there are some crusaders out there who don't like the game. So I think the more you can do, even though the NFL is a wildly successful product and it shows no signs of going anywhere and making anything less than a bunch of money, uh, I think the more you can expose it to people that maybe did not like the game before, uh, the better it is for the long-term health of it. So, And if that's because Taylor Swift's sitting up there in a jersey pulling for Travis Kelsey and they have him kiss on the field afterwards, so be it. I'm all for anything that helps the game of football uh, against some of these criticisms of the sport, which I think are – unfair and sort of miss what the real problems are uh, i'm all for it so there we go i i concur number two all right number two all right so we're number two we are we are we are <laughs> number at two you're at samford i mean uh we were talking uh, earlier about the the um, or you were at Sanford uh, about the facilities and, and yeah, all yeah. that stuff there. So they're at FCS school in Birmingham, Alabama. Played the uh, played Western Carolina this weekend, which is kind of a contrast. So here's my question: with the way FCS is now, okay, uh, where the power base is basically in your Rocky Mountain schools, the Northwest over towards the Dakotas. That's that's where all your powerhouse schools are in FCS. Outside of that, is it better? if you want to ascend to have money or tradition money or tradition at that level, if you were an outside of the Rockies outside of the power base FCS program, I, I, I gotta say money. Like what, where would Liberty be without money? That's, that's the example I was thinking of. Yes. I I mean, like I've, I've been to, to Liberty's campus and, and I knew their former AD and I remember him telling me, like, Mike, you'd be surprised how much money we have. Like, they're all in. They wanted to get into the, into the Big 12. I mean, they had even loftier uh, goals than they've, they've already achieved. Uh, money can, can help pave the way. What would Oregon football be without Nike? Money is just a game changer in college athletics. Now, if you can combine money with some tradition, obviously, that's what, you know, your heavyweights – have the ultimate advantage your sec schools your big 10 powers like they have the best of all worlds but yeah uh some coin goes a goes a long way you can i don't want to say you can buy tradition but you can help buy winning and help winning you can help buy that and you can help buy uh a, a path to a better conference we've seen that which therefore brings in more money long term it's almost like you know, SMU? buying low and selling hot. Yeah, SMU. Yeah, no, no question. I mean, SMU got to the ACC based on money, based on the financial backing of some very wealthy boosters. As I've said many times, they did the ultimate power play. Uh, you know, they they put their cojones on the chopping block and said, "We don't need your stinking money. We got plenty of our own. Let us in, and we'll prove ourselves." That is. That is a, a luxury that most schools of that category, of that class, can't do without gobs, gobs, and gobs of money. You think Southern Miss would love to make a power move like that? Yeah, 
but they've been hemorrhaging money for years in Hattiesburg. So uh, I would have to go money to your question. Yeah, Southern Miss has a lot more tradition fans. Southern Miss, East Carolina, schools like that. Yeah. You go back now, they've got big, hellacious little fan bases. I mean, they mm-hmm. they, they would, I mean, support-wise and interest-wise, they they dwarf a school like Sanford. But guess what? Sanford's got some coin. Got some coin. God, that's a beautiful – just just so you because, – because you mentioned it, I normally get one Wednesday off a year from SEC basketball. That was supposed to be last week, and I got a frantic call – uh, to to go ahead and help out, uh, uh, kind of a, a fill in situation. And I was like, yeah, sure, I'll I'll do it. So I had like twenty four hours to, to to prep and get ready. And and I've done so, I've done the SoCon Championship for ESPN a few years. It's a great league, but I've never been to the campus of Sanford. You know, my goal is to like go to every college campus and do a game. I, I would love that. And I'm I'm I've done a lot, uh, but there's always some meat left on the bone. So all I knew about Sanford was that that was that's where Bobby Bowden played. I drive up, I roll up to the campus, there's a statue of Bobby Bout in front of the football season uh, stadium, which is just exquisite. The campus is like Ivy League, beautiful, just fantastic. And they're putting more and more money into it, and now they've got a basketball coach. Remember the name, Bucky McMillan, Bucky Ball. He's going to become a hot name. Um, but they've got money for like the portal that other SoCon schools don't. So again, does Sanford have a great tradition in college basketball? No. But they've got money, so it's it's more of what you're talking about. Uh, money now, look, you still got a coach, you still got a you still got to win. It's not that big of a shortcut, but man, it helps. It helps if you can do it. Absolutely. So ready to go roll with number three. Number Announcer. three. Thank you, Gary. All right, so. <laughs> I, I was on with Bill King the other day, and he, he kind of hit me with this. JC, I'm hearing that. I mean, we we we've been reading up this this thing may the playoff may go to sixteen uh, with a new contract. What do you think? I said yes, and then I blamed it on Tim Brando in case I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I, I said I said look, I said our boy Tim Brando has been telling us this. I, so I was like, you know, I'm going to give myself an out and say I believe him. Um, and and, and I think Mike, and see if you agree with me here. I think it has to do with the home games. Because you're you're getting in a situation where that's quite a consolation prize if you lose logistically, if you lose the SEC championship game. Uh, now you do have to go through another round. It's another game. But you're Georgia. You lose the championship game. Oh, we're going to be at home chilling. And Athens is going to be a nut house when, you know, Penn State comes to town for a playoff game. Uh, and then we'll move on from there. I think those home playoff games are so valuable, Mike, that, that it's kind of cattywampus. I like that word that, mm. that, that you're disincentivized to, to chase the buy in a certain, to a certain extent. Uh, I think with 16, obviously, you know, home field advantage is the top eight and it's, it's an even number. Uh, I also think you're only talking about four more teams getting in. So that's what two bowl games you gotta, you gotta, you got to lop off there at the end, uh, you know, or whatever, if we're lopping bowl games at all. But uh, I think that uh, – and you've already got the weekend, right, where you're not adding an extra week. You've already mm-hmm. got the first round. So right. the more I think about it, the more I'm um, the more I'm leaning towards Team Brando. Uh, what, what are your thoughts? Well, I, my biggest question first off for you is, what is the natural habitat of the cattywampus? Is that more of a jungle type? Are they are they aquatic? What are, what is the cattywampus? Where do they it's reside? 
it's a, it sounds like an Australian um, animal. Yeah, <laughs> one of those nature shows. The cattywampus. The cattywampus. While it looks defenseless against the much bigger animals, the cattywampus has a natural defensive mechanism that avoids a poison emitted from its fur. Um, <clears throat> it's more than you wanted it, it, to know about the cattywampus. That's actually an old low country South Carolina. My mom grew up in Myrtle Beach. And uh-huh. her family did too back in the low country. That's actually one of those low country of South Carolina adjectives that I've never. I like it. But my mom used it, so I used it. So there you go. Every now and then before I do a game uh, on on television, somebody would be like, Mike, see if you can I- implement this word into the broadcast. And I'm like, all right, that'll be fun. So if I can get cattywampus into a game this year, you'll know it's all because of you, JC. Um, yeah, I I think 16 is very feasible. And for all the the reasons that you mentioned, look, I was I was the one for years and years. I said eight's the perfect number, and then they came up with twelve, and they sold me on okay. The reason why twelve can work is that you incentivize the winners of the conference championship game. A, look, a bye week in the NFL playoffs for years and years used to be the biggest thing since sliced bread, and if you had that bye, it was a mammoth advantage. I. I don't know if it's as big an advantage, uh, you know, and college doesn't play as many games. Like, I don't know. And you got 10 days between each game. Anyway. You got t- I mean, right, right, right. I it's not like the NFL. Because so many times when you're talking about bowls, Mike, how many times have we seen when, when it's been yeah. kind of a, like an even matchup, you know, like, like a, like a, like a matchup that not, not Alabama, Cincinnati, where Nick Saban just said, we're just going to run the ball 80 million times and right. good luck stopping us like a TCU, Michigan. Uh, or a Georgia Ohio State, you can't tell me that that twenty day thirty day layoff for Georgia's defense made them right. You know, it's the I think classic, you'd rather have had a game. Yeah, it's the classic rest versus rust argument. Right? And, you, and you're going to have ten days off anyway. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Even if you yeah. do play, there's ten between the conference and then the first round, ten between the quarters. I think seven or eight between the semis, and then yeah. Your your normal nine or ten between the championships, so you got enough time. I, I if I were ESPN, Fox, the conferences, whoever, the SEC and Big Ten in particular, I would be sort of chomping at the bit to go ahead and go to sixteen. And and I think it maybe it's good, you know, because logistically with twelve, you're going to get to try to try it out. You know, okay, well, what works at these campus sites? What do we need to stop the leprechaun from running around at Notre Dame? Do we need, you know, did this group here do this? I mean, what, what's the travel like? Well, feedback from coaches and players. That's good. And then you just add two more games. I don't see the problem with that at all. So I'm, I'm it, in favor. It, if you were to ask me to put a betting line on this, my, my bet would be we get to 16. Now, when that is, is it as quick as Tim Brando suggested on our show, which would be like after the first two years when that deal is up, yeah, right now there's negotiations going on. It's been it's out in the public. I'm not uh, revealing any secrets here. ESPN's trying to get the whole thing, the whole thing for about I don't know a billion a year, and uh, obviously Fox would love to be a part of it. Somebody else would too. But that that's in negotiations. Well, if you're going to spend a billion a year on it to have a couple extra games, but so do you know how much money 
CBS made by the Super Bowl going into overtime, those extra commercials <laughs> yielded an extra 40-some-odd million dollars because it's written in the contract. If we bonus you spots in an overtime period, you have to spend an extra few million. And the sponsors are like, we got plenty of money, sure. <laughs> would I want a, a commercial running in overtime of a Super Bowl? You're damn right I would. Sure. Uh, there's an extra five mil for the effort. So the point being, another couple games – would help justify that billion dollar or so price tag. I just think the pressure to get to that point would be immense. I do love the idea of some games on college campuses. I I, I know logistic wise it might have some hangouts, but I do love that, and I I hope we don't miss out on that if it does expand. I mean, yeah, and especially for the like the cold weather teams, we'll see like if their theory up here is correct. Well, they because if you think about it, Mike we never hold college football bowls, championships, whatever format. It's never, never, if it's in a cold weather environment, like IE Dallas in January, it's usually inside. I mean, the back when the cotton bowl was outdoors, maybe, but the cotton yeah. bowl wasn't a championship. It's in Glendale or new Orleans or Miami, right. or Atlanta. Uh, if it's in Indianapolis, it's inside. You know, I think it's going to be interesting to see a team go to Columbus <laughs> <laughs> from the south in the first round or you know uh things like that you know i, I think i think i think uh the northern schools are probably going to like dig it and i'm yeah. curious to see what the outcome is uh when, look when all that's that that's the the benefit of earning home field advantage so i yep. mean i'm i'm all for that it, it's not like we're talking about you know buffalo and you got 30 no. mile an hour howling winds. If they play a game in Ann Arbor, Columbus, you know, you, I mean, when I'm down on the field for some of those winter games, these players love to prove their macho-ness. It's not unusual to see a guy completely shirtless in like 15 degree temperatures and right. negative one windshield just to say like, yo dog, I got this. This is not a big deal. So it, I, I don't yeah. think it's going to completely change the way the game's played. I don't either. I, I just think it, it'll be so new for the college game, though. I mean, just just because we're so used yeah, to, like, refreshingly new. Championship right. level college football is either played indoors or in warm weather. That's just how it's always been. So uh, now, whereas the pros, we end up with situations like Buffalo and Green Bay and wherever else. Uh, so I think that's going to be a fascinating deal just for the first round, though, because I, I think, you know, the rest of it, yeah, great. Play indoors, play at the bowl sites, you know, whatever. So that's good. Okay. All right, number four. Number four. So you mentioned Klyovkov has been given the old uh, Klyovkov. He got hit right in the Klyovkov. <laughs> so, so my question for you, Mike, just for fun, should Oregon State and Washington State sign a pact to play each other every year and, and, and give a trophy uh, for that game, the, the Loyalty Bowl, the Pac-12 trophy? <laughs> what, what should we call this new game? Because it, it really is going to be a two-team league. I know they don't have a shot to say, hey, we want to we want to keep it at six and six, so the winner of this game will go. The, I, you can't do that for those guys, but you can get you, they can set up a nice little trophy game, right? Yeah. Do you remember? Um, I know you were a fan of Cheers, right? Do you remember who played Carla Rhea Perlman? Oh yeah. Okay, and we already mentioned that we already had a throw a War of Roses reference in this show. So obviously you're familiar with Danny DeVito, who's still like everywhere. So everybody knows Danny DeVito. If you haven't seen Cheers and, you know, you, again, like you're under 40, uh, that is on streaming services, and I would recommend it highly. That show still stands the test of time as damn good and damn funny. 
Family Guy, which is a more modern-day show, which I watch because I like irreverent humor, sue me. Um, there's an infamous line in that movie, or in, or in that show, where they have Danny DeVito walking into a room, and there's Rhea Perlman. And, I, and I, this is going to sound crass, but I'll just say it. And Danny DeVito goes to Rhea Perlman, hey, I can't do any better than you. Can you do any better? And Rhea Perlman goes, nah, not really. Okay, let's get married. <laughs> That's kind of Oregon State and Washington State with your trophy. Nobody wants us. We can't do any better right now. Let's just get married and have a rivalry and a trophy, and let's make this a lifetime thing because, you know, we're on the dating apps, and nobody is swiping right. Was that too harsh? It's like lowered ex. It's like lowered ex. No, it's, like, it's spot. I was like lowered <laughs> expectations from Saturday Night Live. Uh, they're lowered expectations, uh, and yeah, I mean, they could put the little couple from lowered expectations there, like holding hands on the top of the trophy, like that. Yeah, you know, it's like you're all I've got. You know, <laughs> that's it. but nah, like and look, that's no. I, I I do have a great sympathy, affinity, whatever. I do too. State, Oregon State, and we talked about I it. We're not too. making fun of them. But no, we're not making a job. I mean, we had Ryan Leaf on here talking Wazoo yeah. and how good they were. Oregon State. I have a, a good buddy of mine is a graduate. Uh, Corvallis. I've never been. That's a bucket lister, but it's a cool place. They've had great success in football. They deserve better. In all honesty, yeah. uh, they. I, I hate it for both of them, and I, I forecasted this years ago on this show that those were going to be the two left in the cold if the pack ever got destroyed which is it did thanks to awful leadership from Kleofkoff. And let's not forget Larry Scott. Let's give him the credit for launching the, the world's worst conference network in the history of time. So, yeah, in all seriousness, I, I, I make the joke because I'll go for the cheap laugh. Uh, they do deserve better. I, oh. I, I would like to see them play each other, and I hope something better works out. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and they're the only schools in the Pac-12, Mike, really, that are in, like, small college towns that aren't near metro areas and that's that's why they got left behind that's what hurt them I mean, yeah salt lake city denver's boulders in denver the arizona's are in big towns the la schools obviously the bay area schools except oregon and i wonder why oregon got a seat at the table oh i don't know money 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 if money. i were the beavers you know the first thing i do if i were the beavers i'd get rid of those damn nike uniforms i'd burn them I think I, say, I no, think you, but you I think Phil Knight that. gives them money too. Oh, they give us a bunch of money. For yeah, that, probably yeah. for that reason. I don't right. want to be unfair. He's no dummy. But we're taking the ducks and leaving. So, so, see you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> see you, Beavers. But anyway, all right. Finally, number five. Number five. Number five. All right. So Bruce Feldman, uh, who uh, I actually love Bruce's writing. We'll get Bruce on here too. Ability. Yeah, sometimes to dig into the X's and O's of everything and stuff. He's a real fair writer, uh, loves coaching and, and and the meat of the game. I don't know if a single coach has ever anything bad to say about the guy either, so he's a pro coach guy, and I like that. He had a, a interesting nuts and bolts as to what makes Chip Kelly a good play caller. And, Mike, you know, UCLA, even though they didn't win a whole lot while he was there, they won enough, and they were top three in the league on offense just about every year. He's evolved. You take all the crap that a head coach has to do away from him, and he's just concentrating on ball. How dangerous is yeah. this going to be for the rest of the country with all those players Ohio State has? You know, I'm going to steal your term because I like it so much. In fact, I'm filling in on Chuck and Chernoff this week on 680 The Fan in Atlanta, and 
you folks out there that are what listen to that show, you're going to hear me steal JC's term on that show as well. Caged animal syndrome. Ohio State just had a caged animal offseason where they said, money be damned, we're going to get everything and everybody we want, and we don't care what we have to do to do it. Uh, and all this is partly in the name of saving Ryan Day's job, who without question will be fired if he doesn't beat a hardball-less Michigan this year and doesn't make a playoff, and for, for that matter, doesn't do some damage in a playoff. They expect better results in Columbus, and they've got the resources to do the caged animal uh, spending frenzy that they went on. To get a Chip Kelly to answer your question is mammoth, mammoth. So it says two things to me. It says, again, they went in with a blank you money mentality, and here's what we're going to do to get better. Number two, you know what it says to me, J.C.? The era of UCLA football being relevant, I mean, we're old enough to remember when UCLA was actually pretty damn good in football. We're not old enough to go back to their glory, glory days, okay? But we're old enough to remember when they were still pretty doggone good. And now, it doesn't matter to me who they hire. I don't think that job is going anywhere. Southern Cal should be better, Lincoln Riley, talking to you. But I don't think you – to leave that job to be an OC, that, that's just another like, you know what, UCLA, you're going to put me on the hot seat. Do you know what you're giving me to try and win at this job? I'm out. Peace out. That, that is a slap in the face. I don't blame him for leaving. And, no. You know, they, they fired coaches that have done okay. Jim Mora did okay there. I mean, and recruited probably uh, – recruited a lot better than Chip did. Um, they had to promote Deshaun Foster, one of their own – because nobody else is going to take that job. I mean, they're about to become what's called an outpost. And uh, there are other outpost schools. Arkansas used to sort of be an outpost in the SEC, but their style of play was similar. Uh, West Virginia was an outpost of the Big 12, but there's not a nickel's difference between what West Virginia likes to do on offense, which is throw it all over the yard, and, and what Baylor likes to do on offense. I mean, it's all the same. The style of play and how you win in the Big 10 is fundamentally different than how you win in the Pac-12. And there's something called being a little soft. <laughs> and when you're going and you're, it's, it's 30 degrees and you're in Evanston, Illinois, and you're playing Northwestern in front of 20,000 diehard purple people eater fans. And, and you're up against these 310 pound guys with last names that end in itch, itch and ski from local Chicago. And they want to punch you in the nose and you're bleeding and hurt. They're going to run all over you. <laughs> And yet, guess what? The wind's blowing off the lake at about 20 miles an hour, so you're not be able to get a pass off. You know, and, and I look, at UCLA, you're right about Southern Cal. They're kind of the team out there, and they have they have resources above and beyond. UCLA is a, basket, is a legendary basketball school and a really good overall athletic department like a Florida or North Carolina, Ohio State. You know, they're, they're good in everything, decent in football. Uh, but I think they're in trouble. I think they are the least of the Pac-12 teams going into that league. They are the least. They were the least equipped before Chip got out of there, and now I think we're looking at a dead period for them. I I, I think that, and a lot of it has to do with geography, man. The teams from up here that are going to go out there, they're going to be loving it, just like those teams like Iowa that go and kick an SEC team's ass in Tampa every year, right? 
those boys are like, hell, we're 75 degrees. And it's just go beat somebody. It's football weather, guys. You know, but when they come up here, which is half the schedule, <laughs> I mean, you know, I just noon kickoffs. That's going to be 9 a.m. for those guys. I mean, I just, man, I just have, I have a lot of questions. A lot of questions about UCLA. And now that Chip's not there anymore and they got a, a kind of a novice head coach, and I like Deshaun Foster. thought he was a hell of a player. He bleeds blue, blue and blue, and I, I hope I'm wrong. But I see yeah. I see a potential for the abyss coming, Mike, with them. Well, it's a, look, it's a non I, – I hope he does well too, but it's a non-plus hire. I mean, it, it really is. It's, it's one of those like we can't – we didn't think Chip was going to leave. We can't get anybody great at this time. Plus, I don't know if we can anyway because we're UCLA and we just, you know, we just we kind of shot our best shot getting Chip Kelly and in our in our eyes that didn't work out. So let's get let's make an alumni discount higher, right? You know, you get the you get the warm and fuzzies by hiring one of your own. That doesn't mean he's necessarily the guy. And look, he could turn out to be great. Who knows? As I always point out, so many of these hires are, are crapshoots. They're, they're you roll of the dice. But and I didn't know you were throwing this question. Sometimes I like going into your JC five cold, where I really don't know where you're going to go. So you forced me to look at UCLA. Um, somebody in chat row mentioned Terry Donahue. That's what I grew up on was Terry Donahue, right? And Terry Donahue's yeah. last year was 1995. He was the head coach of UCLA from '76 to that's so about 20 years. Went to five Rose Bowls, multiple Fiesta Bowls. It seems like every year. Troy they Aikman. Had a, Troy Aikman. I mean, they had a couple of down years here and there. But but they were consistently good, and every now and then they had breakout years. You know who the I coach? Was that that year they beat Miami in the Orange Bowl and knocked them out like the last game of the season in December? He wasn't Donahue the coach. It may have been yes. Bob Lito. All right, Donahue was the coach then, yeah. I, I think he was. The game that you're talking yeah. about, I think he was. Yeah, that yeah. was pre-'95, I believe. Um, I didn't know this. You know who the coach was before Donahue for two years? This is when uh, this is when I was a, a baby. Uh, Dick Vermeil. Dick Vermeil <laughs> led them to a Rose Bowl in 75. You probably cried the whole way. Went 9-2-1. and one. And then left for the Eagles job. Um, but, you know, since Donahue, Bob Toledo, he had a couple of 10-win seasons. Carl Durrell, oof. Rick Neuheisel, who I love and, and I've had a chance to work with, but it didn't go great for Rick. I, I thought he would be better because this is alma mater, you know, coming yep. home, and he had won everywhere else. and He, he had one win. winning season, one yeah. in one, two, three, four years. Jim Mora. Now Jim Mora did better than I thought. Nine and five, ten and three, ten and three, eight and five, and then the wheels started coming off. And then Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly went three and nine, four and eight, three and four, eight and four, nine and four, eight and five. So I mean, clearly they were trending upwards, but the, at the same time they're like, yeah, let's put him on the hot seat. Like, oof. And so he Wait. said, Sia wouldn't want to be him. They were the same as, as as they were under Mora, really, once they got back. I mean, yeah. Mora, I remember Mora, believe it or not, had a pretty good staff and could, he recruited really well. I mean, like, um, they started getting some of those guys from L.A., the, the, the Southern – because he kind of came right when Carroll was going, and, and, and it was before Oregon started coming in. But uh, anyway, uh, enough of that. We probably got to get a break. Was that Mark, four or we, five? Uh, that's that five. 
That's five. Okay. Chip was I, the I, last one. Our listeners, are ca- they called us out the last time that we skipped over number four because we, we, uh, we raced a break. Uh, I, I actually wrote six down today or, or, or have a spaces for six. That's because you're a go-getter, JC. Well, I'm just an idiot. No, 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 no. I wrote the number three down twice, you know. So, anyway. I don't want to hear that negative talk. You're a go-getter. You're the I, guy that says, sir, if you don't mind, I'd like to come in an hour early. And I'd like to get ahead on those TPS reports. Uh, it is JC and Morgan presented by Elite, Elite Roofing and Restoration. Uh, you see that phone number scrolling at the bottom of the screen, 678-781-1998. That is the Atlanta number. But uh, whether you're in Atlanta, uh, the state of Georgia, the state of Florida, the state of Tennessee, the state of South Carolina, Jeremy Johnson and the great staff at Elite Roofing and Restoration could take care of you. They have with me for years. And believe you me, when you need a new roof, uh, you don't want to go second best. They'll give you a free estimate. They'll give you the right price. They know how to deal with those insurance company, insurance companies who very often, I don't see any problem with the roof. Looks good to me. Sorry, we've got no check for you. Yeah, that tends to happen. But Jeremy Johnson and those guys know how to get to the bottom of it and make sure the insurance company does pay out when they're supposed to. 678-781-1998. You won't do better than the folks at Elite Roofing and Restoration. Restoration's in the title because they can also do restoration uh, on your homes. Maybe if you're building a new bathroom or another wing to your home, uh, much like you need at the ACC domicile with Florida State, you, you you got that split bedroom look, but you need even more more space between the two as the War of the Roses continues there. That's Jeremy Johnson of Elite Roofing and Restoration. Do want to mention to the website jcandmorgan.com, and we'll do a better job of getting the emails, your emails, uh, throughout the uh, off season. I, I do want to read this one from Pete, and I really appreciate this. Uh, he says, guys, not sure if I've told you this lately, but the show has really stepped it up. Music, advertising, the whole nine yards. I listened to it. I'm not able to watch it. That's okay, even though we're on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. But definitely enjoy what feels like an enhanced experience. Nice work. Pete, we definitely appreciate that. Uh, a lot of credit goes to the man you don't see on the screen if you're watching. That's Phil Molinax, our producer, the Mad Dog. Uh, a lot of the credit goes to JC for being technically uh, able to enhance this stuff that is way out of my league. I'm just some moron that comes in here and, and talks. But uh, but no, uh, we look, this thing has grown quite a bit over the last seven years, and it continues to grow. Uh, as we always say, we're incredibly thankful. There's a lot of people in this space now. Anybody can just flick on a mic and call it a podcast. We have a little higher expectations on JC and Morgan, and uh, mm-hmm. we uh, – we're very thankful that you folks are along for the ride. And we love the live interaction and stuff. And we encourage you guys to, you know, we're part of kind of this network, the chief sports network. It's a fledgling yes. network at this point, but we got big plans, big names we're mm-hmm. talking to. Uh, and I'm not, I, I, I hate that term, big names. I mean, names you will know. Big. Big names, oh yeah! But uh, Sunday, we want we want the. I mean, Chief Sports has obviously popular in South Carolina because it's connected to the South Carolina show that I do. But uh, we uh, we want Alabama folks, Florida folks, whatever. I promise you, there's going to be stuff for you guys, including our podcast, local podcast. It's going to be outstanding. So You're- please download the Chief Sports app. I hear some music. And as as we continue to improve, your internet connection is going to improve, JC, with time. You will chop you down. Ah, the last ah, all right, download Chief Sports app. <laughs> there you go. Hey, uh, before we get out of here, just any, because I get confused, anything on the calendar? I know the portal opens back up, what, after spring football? 
What, what do we need to know on the calendar? It's just uh, right now, it's, it's unless there's another coaching change, and that's a 30-day right. window for those kids to get the hell out of Dodge. Yep. It's just spring practices, uh, spring games. I, I have a feeling your employer is going to send you to at least one or two. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to finding out what your assignments are on spring games this year. But uh, uh, that's about it till we get to that second portal thing. And my understanding is with all the changes, the second portal, there's some heavy hitters that still have some spots like <clears throat> Alabama. Mm. And there's going to be a lot more maybe activity during that point in time than maybe most of those second portal windows. So keep your eye out for that. Do you think Georgia losing McClendon that, that anybody would want to bolt? I mean, things are still pretty doggone good in Athens. No. But they could, right? They get 30 days now because of that move. Does, does it apply to assistance? I'm not sure. I don't know. I think it applies to maybe coordinate. I think it's just head coaches. I think. Okay. I'd have to look that up. Okay. But no, I, I, either way, I don't think. I mean, everybody loves Brian McClendon, right? I mean, players love playing for him. He's a great guy, great coach, but I don't, I don't, uh, Georgia is Georgia, you know? Georgia's still (laughs) Georgia. I think a lot of the kids that are there are like happy. I'm I'm just happy to be here. Yeah. (laughs) Unless somebody offers another hundred grand in NIL money, then I'm happy no matter who the coaches are. And you know, Kirby's Kirby's philosophy is on that is, is we embrace it. We don't care. We pull for those guys when they go elsewhere. And I thought that was the best answer anybody's ever given. And it's easy to give that answer if you're Kirby, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, yeah, you're, you, you got, you got caviar problems if you're yeah. Kirby Smart and the Georgia and, fan base. And Craig, who's a, I love Craig because he's my encyclopedia. Uh, if I need, it's just head coach. He said, just he head coach. Okay. Craig's all Craig. over it, man. Craig is the man. I had to give Craig a job on the staff. Yeah, with our with our immense payroll here on JC and Morgan. Of <laughs> We don't have enough cap room right now, Mike. Yeah, that's right. We can't fit you into the cap, Craig. I'm sorry. Uh, maybe we can get, hire you as an analyst outside the cap for uh, for gift certificates of some kind. Anyway, that's going to do it for us. For Mad Dog, Phil Molinax, for JC, it's Mike saying so long. We'll see you next week on JC and Morgan.